You are listening to the Quarter Transmissions. Or leave episode eight. I couldn't have prescribed better. Thanks for tuning into the Tricorder Transmissions. Sure leave the podcast dedicated to Trek Convention Chat. Tonight, we are finally doing the cosplay episode you've all been waiting so patiently for. So thank you for hanging in there and for all the wonderful comments, emails, and IMs we've been getting in support of the show. We really do appreciate all of them. And we're so happy that you're on the road to STLV along with us. So tonight... We have some great cosplay experts lined up and ready to answer all the questions our listeners have submitted over on the Facebook group. But before we get to that, as always, I am one of your hosts, Jeff Hewlett, and my co-host this evening is the chairwoman of the brand new Intergalactic Save the Tribbles Foundation and quite the talented cosplayer in her own right, the fabulous Heather Barker is here. How are you, Heather? Those intros keep getting better and better. (laughs) I love it. As a warning, if any of our uh, Klingon cosplayers are listening, be careful approaching Heather at the convention. She just might have a triple or two in her pocket. (laughs) I am great. And we are five weeks away from pre-registration night. I will be there. And uh, I think a lot of a lot of us will be. And so I am just super pumped and excited. Don't we have an event planned for that evening? Do we? (laughs) I thought you had something. Well, so I put up, I think, the um, unofficial group meetup mm-hmm. for that night, but technically that meetup is every single night um, because we will be at the bar every single night probably. <laughs> but yeah, most of us most of us on that first night after we've done our pre-registration and gotten our lanyard and everything, we wind up in masquerade. That's where everyone seems to uh, mass. And we spend our time until the wee hours chatting, talking about how excited we are for the upcoming days. Yes, and we are all looking forward to that. It's right around the corner, but we have a little more work to do before we get to the convention. So, Heather, why don't you do the honors and introduce our first guest? So, we have Brooke Wilkins, who is our resident Major Kira Norris, (laughs) and the head tailor at Garrick's Tailor and Repair Shop in the vendor's room. How are you, Brooke? I'm doing great. Just really excited to be here with you guys. Yay. We're so excited that you could be here too. I think just you've got so much experience cosplaying and in theater and then working at the tailor and repair shop for how many years has it been now? Two? Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's fun. Okay. Awesome. I know everybody loves to have that booth there. So they love it. The feedback that I've gotten has been great. And as we'll see when we get to the questions, somebody even suggested doing a little something nice for you guys. So yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah. That's so helpful. <laughs> Definitely appreciated. Yeah, it was, um, we, we, we love doing it. It's, it's, it's just too much fun. I love seeing everybody's happy faces. So yay. So uh, Heather, I don't know if you know this, but our next guest appeared on our 10th supplemental log episode way back on June 18th of 2014. That way was back. <laughs> our 2014 convention preview show. And now he's back a little over two years later to talk STLV once again. He's a very well-known cosplayer himself and a 
in my opinion, a pretty darn good karaoke singer. Thank you. <laughs> it is Mr. Eric Allen Hall. Eric, how are you? And welcome back. I am doing great. Thank you. Thank you. Really great to have you here with us. And we're going to have a third guest joining us shortly. He was not able to make the beginning of the recording, so we're going to hold off and wait till he gets on the call to uh, to join him in to the conversation here. So let's just jump right into all of these listener questions. Thank you once again, everybody on the Facebook group for submitting these questions. There are so, so many of them. I hope we can get through them all tonight. So let's jump right in with the first question. Uh, and this is from John Krikorian. And um, he says, if we don't want to cosplay all day, all the time at the convention, would there be certain days and times that might be better just during the day, or is it even worth it during uh, just the evening events? So uh, why don't we start out with Brooke on this one? Do you have anything you'd like to add to this one? Well, the For me, the point of cosplaying is to have a good time. So your first guide is what you what's going to be happy and comfortable for you. Um, next thing I would say, I think most people bring out their best cosplays, the ones they're most excited about sharing with everybody on Saturday. That's the big cosplay day. And so if you're going to do it just one day, and you want to do it with everybody else, it would be Saturday. But maybe you want to do your big bang on like Wednesday or Thursday when like nobody else is doing it and, <laughs> and you'll really stand out, you know? <laughs> Myself, I tend to get out of costume at night because sometimes my costumes aren't too comfortable. And <laughs> and so I want to be comfortable while it's, you know, wee hours of the morning and we're, we're talking. So, but that's just me. The, an, another thought is that if you only have a limited number of costumes and you don't want to have them become rank and, and smelly, um, <laughs> you can, you, you can do things to keep them clean along the way, like, um, bringing Febreze fabric fresh to spray them out. Um, but my favorite fabric freshener is actually vodka, the cheapest vodka you could possibly <laughs> wow. get. Put it in a spray bottle, spray it, turn your costume inside out, spray it, let it dry. And that's that's one of the best fabric freshers out there. Wow. Well, how's a little five-year mission guys know that? Because I think they were going to invest in a case of Febreze. <laughs> yeah, no, get the vodka. You can do double duty. Oh, wow. That's nice. awesome. That's a great tip. Excellent tip. So, uh, Eric, any any thoughts on the best times or days to cosplay? Yeah, if, if you're not interested in cosplaying all day long then uh, usually the daytime between about uh, 11 a.m. until about 6 p.m. would probably the, be the prime time. And I, I absolutely agree with Brooke that Saturday is the day that most people go all out. Uh, historically, the costume contest has been Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. uh, in the past, there have been Guinness Book of World Record attempts. So a lot of people will choose Saturday as the, the day to wear their best costume. Yeah, and it's odd that at this point we don't really have any information on the costume contest. Yeah, last year it was similar. I don't think they actually had the rules on the website until about three weeks before okay. the convention. I remember you had to, like, send a photo or, or do something. Like, you had to submit what your cosplay was, and then they yeah. had to approve yeah. it. So hopefully we'll get that information out pretty soon um, because for people who haven't been, there's a huge costume contest and you can basically, if you're not, you can compete, compete in it 
or if you just want to go check out all the costumes, it's in the main theater and it's just, it's so much fun and so awesome to see all these really creative cosplays. And some people only bring those cosplays out for that costume contest. So if that's something that you're into, you definitely don't want to miss it. And we will certainly keep everyone updated once we find out some more details about it. Excellent. Heather, did you have anything that you wanted to say? Uh, I know you sometimes come down earlier without a costume, then you go back up, change, and then come back down. So <laughs> what's your methodology? Um, well, my my cosplays, my big cosplays are all group cosplays this year. And right now they're all dependent upon getting the actual schedule to make sure that certain guests are there. Cheerfleet is doing something special for Chase Masterson, and we know she will actually be there all five days, but we're working with everyone to get a good time. And the great thing about this year is that we have five days, so the groups can potentially do more than one appearance which gives everybody the opportunity to participate. Otherwise, man, I think that my my other cosplay is just going to be very simple, and it's going to be my Anovos TOS and Into Darkness dresses. Those will be my casual, comfortable days. But, yeah, it's just pending the schedule to get these group cosplays done. I know that Eric is the master of costume changes. <laughs> and, gosh, what's the record? Like four a day, five a day? I, I think four is my record. Uh, usually I will do at least two a day and yeah. sometimes three to four. <sighs> I live relatively close to Las Vegas. It's about a six-hour drive, so I can just pack whatever I can fit into the car, and that, that I guess kind of gives me a, a, a little bit more leeway in, in being able to change my outfits more frequently. Yeah, and I, think you, I think you have a time turner or something to be able to do. <laughs> I think it's really cool. Just a quick little suggestion to throw in there is that for people who may not be staying at the Rio and are planning on doing multiple um, cost, costume changes to see if you have any friends that can stow your stuff in their room, um, because I find that that's really helpful. And then you don't have to worry about carrying it around. Um, so we're we're all buddies. And usually we can get that to work out um, and make it just a little easier for people so that when they do have those quick changes, they can just run upstairs and run back down. Yeah, good advice. All right. So the next question comes from Mr. Paul Grant, and he would like to know what our guests think of the growth of professional cosplayers who are paid to attend conventions and whether this encourages or intimidates the average amateur cosplayer. Why don't we start off with Eric this time? I'll tell you that I have several friends who are uh, professional cosplayers. Um, here in Salt Lake City, there's, there's a large cosplay community. Uh, several of them come to Las Vegas, uh, and they've come for the past couple of years. I, I think, honestly, it can be intimidating. My thought is you don't need to worry about being intimidated. And even those who are professional quote-unquote cosplayers, they still have other day jobs that they work. Yeah. They, their main source of income is not their cosplay. Uh, they may pour money into it. Uh, some of them get sponsored and so forth. But you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. The point of cosplay, like Brooke mentioned a moment ago, is just to have fun. Mm -hmm. So don't worry about others, how they're dressed, or uh, the degree of work or the 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 expense of the materials put into it. If you are having fun, that is really the point of play. Agreed. Brooke? 
Yeah, amen. I I totally agree. It's um, the the professional cosplayers that I know that I count as my friends are super friendly people. And I can see how it would be easy to be intimidated and think, oh, my costume's not that good or whatever, um, or body issues that particularly women have a lot of. Yeah. It, I know I can understand how that can be intimidating, but it is all about us, you, the individual person having a good time. Um, and I, I would recommend, you know, saying hi to to people that you want to get to know better, th- people that you think have good costumes and see what you can learn from them. The professional cosplayers that I know are super friendly and they 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 are geeks just right along with us. And and so it's super fun because, you know, I I've only made one cosplay so far in my life so even though i mean i consider you guys like the upper echelon of cosplay here because the what you've brought to the convention has just been so so unique and you've spent time doing it and you both just do it so well that i almost consider you professional (laughs) cosplayers um so i think it raises a good question of what exactly is a professional cosplayer is that someone like Mostly, I think of people who, you know, travel and get paid to do it. And I only know a very small number of those people. Most of them are women. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's how I that's how I define it. But again, I'm kind of like you. I'm like professional cosplay seem to be like things that don't go together because cosplay is particularly it's play. It's playing. Um, and so, yeah, I can see why you'd ask a question. What is a professional cosplayer? Cause it seems to be something that's a contradiction in terms. I, I would, uh, echo your definition that they are invited is, is featured people at conventions around. I know several people who do that. I think selling, uh, eight by 10 prints of yourself would mm-hmm. also put you into the professional cosplayer category. Me, myself, I don't consider myself to be a professional cosplayer. I don't even have a cosplay Facebook page. My Facebook profile is my only profile. Right. And I, I've got friends on it. I, there are followers on it, but I don't make any money from it. Uh, and for me, it's just for fun. Uh, parenthetically, I'll add that I'm part of a superhero charity costuming group called Heroic. And so I, I do events uh, around Salt Lake City, uh, work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Toys for Tots, Muscular Dystrophy Association, libraries, uh, appearing as Superman and Mr. Incredible, uh, and different characters like that at kids' charity events. And for me, that's the most enjoyable aspect of, of cosplay is being able to give back to the community. That's awesome. I really love, I love seeing all the pictures from all the different cosplays that you do. (laughs) It's just, it's so amazing. And I will note, and I think Jessica brings it up down a little further down in the questions. Um, but talking about like being intimidated to, to ask people for a picture and that some people ask for money. And I'm just going to go on the record that I have never had anyone ask me for money. Um, when I try, when I asked to take a picture with them at the Star Trek convention, is that pretty much everybody's experience? Yeah, I, I haven't had anybody ask for money. I, I never charge. I never expect anything. I, I, I've had, I think, three or four people uh, over the course of the last 12 or 13 years uh, tip me uh, proactively, <laughs> but I, I've never asked. I, I've never expect anything. I'm 
I'm just happy that they find my cosplay engaging enough to want to take a picture with me. And yeah. for me, that's that's the reward in itself. Me too. That's that's okay. what I, for me. I want people to laugh. I I'm always hoping for a, a laugh or a smile. Um, even, even people, I don't even necessarily expect people to want to take pictures so much as I hope that they laugh. And usually when they laugh, they do want to take a picture. (laughs) I bear a resemblance to Brent Spiner. Data is my favorite character. And I I just counted uh, last night, actually, I've got 12 different versions of Data and of Lore. And it's fun getting stopped by people. Uh, asking for a picture. Uh, if I run up to the room to do something or I'm waiting for a panel or a guest to come on stage, I plan about an extra 45 minutes just because I know I'm going to be stopped by people mm-hmm. asking for pictures. Yeah. And so I budget that into my schedule time. I, I figure that people are coming from literally all over the world yeah. to come to the, especially the Star Trek convention in Las Vegas. And it's kind of uh, my duty, I guess, to to stop, to spend a minute with them, let them get a picture so that they can go back home and show their friends what a great time they had at the convention. That's, I respect that so much. And I have to say that you were probably one of the first people cosplaying that I saw and that just blew me away because of your resemblance <laughs> to Red Spiner. Um, that is one of my first memories in 2009 is seeing you and there was a big group photo and, um, Jerry Powell was in there as Odo and Toller as Cisco and just the, the likeness of everyone made it so, so special. Um, and so I'm really, really honored (laughs) over all these years to be, to have become friends with you and and Brooke, I mean, you look so much like Nana. (laughs) It's just, it's so, so neat that you guys in particular have this kind of special uniqueness in your likeness um, to our our favorite Star Trek actors and actresses. Um, It's just, it's really delightful to have you guys there. And and anybody listening, I think it, it means a lot to, to understand why you do it and your appreciativeness of everyone that wants to take a photo. Um, it's just, I just, as a, as a fan of both of you, I, I appreciate you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't think that anybody has ever, ever asked to be paid. And I think if creation knew that they, they probably would put a stop to that. Um, so I just, for anyone going, I wouldn't even think about that. I would just, you know, take your time, wait until it's your turn, because a lot of our cosplayers have lines for photos with them, um, and then just politely ask if you can have a photo, um, and use your use your common sense. Like, if someone just looks really busy, like they're headed somewhere, it might not be the best time, but we're there for five days, so you're definitely going to see them again. Yeah, just always, you know, just go ahead and ask anybody for a picture, and, and if they say no, then you just kind of have to respect that. So, yeah, but yeah. I don't know of anybody who dresses yeah, up in a I, costume I, I, that says no. I mean, you dress me, up in a costume so people will pay attention to you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's to me, it's kind of like a social contract. If you are going to go to a, a convention and you're going to dress up in a costume, put on makeup, wig, contact lens, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, 
you should expect people to be interested and be willing to give them a few seconds so they can take a picture of you. Yeah. Yes. And there's there are fans that want pictures. There's press that wants pictures. If if you do something notable, even if you don't, I mean, even just wearing a regular TOS dress, someone will probably ask for your picture. So yeah, I've never I've never had anyone be rude to me. I think that you know, we should all just be respectful of the fact that, you know, we're all there to have fun. And sometimes someone might just be busy. They may be on their way to a panel or a photo op themselves with someone. Um, so it, I think a lot of us usually still take the minute to take the photo. But yeah, just just be intuitive and don't take it personally if someone says no. But definitely I, don't be afraid to ask. I'm bringing my kids this year. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of them is just about potty trained. So I may be on the way quickly to the restroom and I may say, Hey, catch me in a couple minutes when I come back out. And, yeah. and that's fine. Exactly. But that does bring up another thing when it comes to kids, definitely ask before taking pictures of kids. Yes. 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 I think that's a good one because not everyone wants to have their child's photo taken or their child's photo put online. And right. It's just, I guarantee if you get your photo taken, it's probably going to pop up online somewhere, a Facebook group, Twitter group, and that's a great thing and sometimes not a great thing. So if you don't want that to happen, you might say no if someone asks for your photo, but definitely a really good point. Um, and Jeff? I've got to imagine, especially this year, being the 50th anniversary, uh, the new film coming out, unfortunate passing of, of Anton recently, I, I think the press presence is going to be enormous yeah. and there's going to be all sorts of media. Uh, the convention is sold out this year for the first time ever. Yep. And I, I think there will just be droves of people taking pictures and expect that. <laughs> just prepare yourself. Uh, Jeff, did you want to do the next question? Sure. This is another question from Mr. Paul Grant and he wants to know, uh, from our guests, what Star Trek-themed cosplay might be considered inappropriate or in poor taste? And he gives an example of Nazi Spock from the original series. <laughs> so anybody wants to jump in, go right ahead. Yeah, I, I would say I, I can see a place in a production of Sound of Music uh, where a, a, a Nazi uniform might be appropriate possibly a, a World War II reenactment or something. Uh, Brooke, I know that you had an experience fairly recently uh, <laughs> with uh, something along those lines. Yeah. I think yeah. something like that would be inappropriate at a, at a convention. I, I, I would second that. I, um, I rent costumes. And so I, the, um, as in connection with my work at the theater. And so what Eric's referring to is there've been just a couple of times where people have been wanting to rent um, for like, Halloween, uh, Nazi costumes. And, and I do my best is to really dissuade them from it and have been successful so far, um, in, in dissuading that. So Nazi, yes, I think is a really bad idea for just playing dress up. Uh, I, I think, uh, there, there might not, there might be other ones. I can't think of them, but one of the things that could be inappropriate is, there might be some characters that are obnoxious, annoying, evil characters who in the show would do things that would be uh, rude um, as a character. Um, if you're cosplaying that character, don't be rude like that character. 
you know, <laughs> you, you have to be a, a kind, polite person. And when it's okay to portray the negative aspects of a character, you have, that's okay. But most of the time it's probably not going to be. Um, do you, so. do you, I'm curious, do you have like a specific example well, at, in the Star Trek world, I can't think of one. In in the regular um, geek world, you know, like Deadpool and oh, okay. there's some doll character where it's like, eh, Q could be obnoxious. Yeah. So, you know, be careful if you're acting like Q. There are a lot of people <laughs> who like to do mashups of different right. genres or things. Um, this being an election year, I've seen pictures online of Donald Trump as a Ferengi uh, Hillary Clinton is a Klingon. Uh, I, I think where politics is involved, uh, you may be treading on, on dangerous ground. Uh, and I'll also say that Vegas is not necessarily known as a really family-friendly place. Yeah. However, uh, at the convention, I know other people will bring their kids. I'm bringing my kids this year. I think it's respectful to not go over the line with – uh, things that could be offensive or, or maybe not kid friendly. Yeah. And it's probably kind of a common sense thing. Like, do you think it's going to offend someone? And if you say yes, then don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you guys think about, because we have a lot of the female costumes in Star Trek are very revealing. I have seen them done ex exceptionally well. So I personally don't have a problem with them, but do you think that it's appropriate to to wear some of those cosplays that show a lot of skin? Um, myself, I choose not to, but uh, that's me. I have never seen anyone do anything that I thought crossed the line. It, again, I, like Eric, I would think, you know, what is? are you behaving in a way that's family friendly, you know? Right. Um, I, I think behavior is going to have a, a lot to do with to do with that issue as opposed to how much skin is actually showing. Yeah, and we can. I think we'll talk about that a little bit later in the harassment issues that come up because of um, some of those those issues. But you know, I've seen the cosplay that I've seen, especially with a lot of the the female uniform or outfits from original generation, are always so well done, and the people that are wearing them are just always very professional in doing so. And so I think yeah. that. Um, they're all done very, very well. And so I'm trying to think of any any other characters that would fit with Nazi Spock, and I can't really think of any. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing really comes to mind. Yeah, so I was trying to think about, like, certain things you would wear. So, you know, offensive symbols, no. Again, I think it's just kind of a common sense, like, is this going to – I mean, sometimes anything you do offends someone – but if you think, oh, am I going to get kicked out of the convention hall for wearing this? That definitely don't wear it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd second that. Okay. Um, so we have one that's specific to wigs here. A good question. Um, I would like to know where and how you guys learn to modify and style wigs for cosplay. I'm a rookie and this has been a real challenge for me. So do you guys have any advice on the wig subjects? Yes. If you want to replicate someone's look, don't get an inexpensive, cheap wig from a Halloween store. Spend a little bit more money, go to a wig shop, uh, either locally or online 
and get a nicer professional wig and you'll be able to, to replicate the look easily that way. I second that 100%. I work um, I work in costumes at a theater. Wigs are a completely different thing from from normal hair. You treat them differently. Uh, they're styled differently, and uh, the and it really is a case that you get what you pay for. It, the cheap wigs are so cheap and crappy. And so, like f- for instance, this is the first year that I'm I'm going to be using a couple wigs that are going to be integral to my cosplays. And I went to a local wig shop, and she's she's helping me me do these. So you think like going to a wig shop versus just you know buying a wig off Amazon is certainly the, the way to go here. It, it can. Be. Um, I cosplay a lot as Superman, and I spent about. $26 on a nicer wig. I used some um, extra like plus 15 uh, hair gel and I did the spit curl in it and it, it looks like the, the Christopher Reeve style hair uh, versus just getting a, a, a cheap black wig at, you know, Halloween store or, or, or something. You spend a little bit more and it looks a lot better. Here's a quick question. Like if somebody brings a wig and you know they pack it and it gets all messed up Brooke can they bring it to you for some help (laughs) yes we'll have um we have limited supplies and ability to help with that and yes yes I can do a little bit it's really not my area of expertise but I am glad to help with it I know I know the things not to do (laughs) sometimes that's the most important knowledge to have is the not want to do um Jeff do you want to go to the next question Sure. So the next question comes from Amanda Sanchez, and she says, I would love to know your thoughts on making costumes at home. I have a sewing machine, and I'm still learning, and I've poked around online for patterns. Any places offering affordable fabrics and designs that you can recommend? Uh, When it comes to, like, looking for fabrics, I have never bought fabric online because... I can't feel it because you need to know how it hangs, how it moves and, and and what the finish is like and all sorts of things. So I know that there are places you can buy online, but I've never done it. I've always been too scared. Places online that do offer uh, little samples that you can request. But I've, I've usually actually gone to LA to the fashion district there or in New York because they're, but that's, and, and I'll have planned my cosplays in advance um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll get fabrics for a lot cheaper in those places that are really unique. Um, but I just went to our local Joann's to get fabrics for my last cosplay. So that's when it comes to fabrics, I don't have any really good tips, except if you can get yourself to New York or LA. And then it's- <laughs> I am an avid thrift store shopper and a lot of my cosplays come from thrift stores. My Blue double-breasted suit that I use for Data as Carlos from South America from The Big Goodbye, I found at a thrift store for $10. My Jade and the Iceman outfit were some leggings I bought at Wet Seal, and then an extra, extra large sweater that I altered to look like uh, Data's outfit in that episode. My, I, I, I can talk about the Borg uh, a little bit later, but almost all of that came from thrift stores that I just pieced together. Uh, my Frank Hollander from A Fistful of Datas was just pieces I had found at various thrift stores. So you don't necessarily have to sew if you can alter things that you find a little bit and accessorize. You can make a, a costume just as good as, as something that's handmade. Yeah. yeah. 
And um, if you if you do want to do something handmade, but you can't find a pattern for it, um, you can do what what's called like Frankensteining patterns. You can see bits and pieces on this pattern and this pattern and, and put it together to make what you want to have happen. But there are places online where you can um, get Star Trek patterns. Roddenberry.com has some. Um, and then you can get them at the convention, too. So. Oh, who has the patterns at the convention? You know, uh, I can't remember the name of the store. I got I got my but hey, I got my Kira pattern at the convention a few years back, but then I really needed to alter it to make it work. Uh, that needed needed extensive alterations. It was not a beginner pattern. Yeah, yeah, that's scary. I'm always scared about getting something that's just going to be way too complicated for me. I, I think that Joanne's Joanne's is kind of the most locally known um, shop in this area for me, and they have sewing lessons too for people that are still learning that might need help. Um, so I think you know if you run into issues, you can always run in there and and see if they can help you out with some things. My augment cosplay was, you know, leggings that I ordered online, a shirt I got on Amazon. I had to dye the shirt to make it darker. And because it's super easy and all I had to do is cut holes in it. Uh, <laughs> it was a very, very easy cosplay for my first cosplay. And even though it was the easiest thing in the world, I still felt really proud. The other thing too, with when you're sewing and stuff, you just, just, there's hardly any mistakes that you can make that can't be fixed. Yeah. Or another way to say that almost all mistakes can be fixed. And so just start doing it and you may be unpicking a lot of your seams at first, mm -hmm. but <laughs> you'll learn and, and it doesn't have to be perfect. No, it just has to be good enough. And then as you keep on doing it, you'll get better and better. So don't let, um, there's one school of, of sewing where it's like literal perfection. You have to have exactly the right number of stitches and you have to press it exactly this way and all sorts of stuff oh. that when you do it perfectly like that, yes, it looks great. And you're stressed to no end and you have no fun doing it. Yeah. Um, my school of sewing is start doing it and get better as you go along and, and don't worry about being perfect right off. No, and I will say that across the board for all cosplay is don't worry about it being screen perfect. It doesn't have to be screen accurate. As long as you're happy with what you've made, that's what's important. You could go and you can put something together entirely Please. at a thrift store, and that is totally fine. In fact, last year we did uh, Miramani's Tribe from this side of paradise. As Eric knows, he was our Kirok. Um, and I did what I always do and ran out of time to do anything. And so I just wound up buying, um, a costume on Amazon and altering my boots to make them a little bit more unique. And, you know, that was it. But I think we all still looked pretty good together. Um, yeah, my, my outfit, I actually found it at a thrift store at a, during a Halloween time, I made the, the headband out of a belt from a thrift store, some of the kind of pattern trim from a thrift store, and then I used a coaster and some craft foam to do the, the silver part in the middle of it. And it looked great, and everybody and loved it. You guys looked fantastic, and you acted. <laughs> Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I had yeah. fun doing that. We'll have to do it again sometime. Yeah. But I cannot stress enough how important it is to just you know, make something that you were happy with. No one is going to walk around critiquing what you look like, critiquing if, you're, if your sewing is perfect. Nobody cares. Like We're just there to enjoy ourselves. We admire everybody else's cosplay. And as long as you're comfortable, that's what matters the most. Well, uh, sometimes for me, style matters more than being comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> this is 
is true. I say as long as you're comfortable with what you're presenting, your feet exactly. are not comfortable. <laughs> that was the nice thing about the Miramani's tribe is that we had like sheepskin boots. And so that was easy to walk around the convention hall all day and those things. That was, oh, yeah. oh, it was wonderful. How about alien makeup? Lisa asks, I've never done an alien makeup application for an unnatural color on my face and I'm going to do it for the first time this year. Any tips on who makes the best non-airbrush makeup and how not to get it on your costume and everywhere else? How much do I need? Any pre-application tips, et cetera? Yeah, uh, I do data all the time. Uh, I do an Endorian. I've got a Klingon as well. First of all, wash your face, soap and water, get the natural oils off. I use uh, Mehron and Ben Nye theatrical makeup, uh, kind of a grease paint. Some people like to use a sponge to apply it. I just use my fingers. It just gives me a little bit more control. Once I've put it on, I use a powder brush and baby powder. Uh, I know that there is uh, theatrically uh, available setting powder, but it has more of a fleshy tone to it than I like when I'm an Endorian or when I'm Mr. Data. So uh, I use the baby powder uh, that keeps it from smearing, and it also helps uh, to keep... Uh, it running when you perspire as well. I don't have any experience doing this myself, but I have uh, uh, friends who do. They use um, hairspray to spray, you know, colored hair, blue, those colored hairsprays, uh, and they use that to uh, dye their skin, change their skin color. Although I'm, I'm assuming she probably does that in the shower before applying uh, before putting on the, the rest of the costume. Oh. And I, there are a lot of um, colored bodysuits that you can use for the rest of your body. If you just want to yeah, keep the makeup like, to your face. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people do that. And um, I think that just is really, really easy. And then you don't have to worry about coloring your whole body green. Another idea, this isn't exactly what the what Lisa was asking, but um, a lot of people do um, prosthetic makeup for yeah. cosplay. Um, so it's three-dimensional, usually some form of latex. And when I've been, I've wrestled forever with that Bajora nose to do Kira. <sighs> and uh, I never was really happy with my results that I was getting because either the color would be off just a little bit or the edges wouldn't be quite right. Um, and I did all different sorts of stuff. And then, you know, I, when I finally got some sort of appliance that I was happy with as far as its color, it would take me, you know, an hour to apply that or more and, and get the edges 80% of where I want them to be. And I finally just gave up and I said, you know, what? I'm just going to do an old theater trick. And I use character shadow and highlight. I paint on the wrinkles. Hmm. Um, it takes me f all of five minutes, powder it off, because like Eric says, that powdering off is so important. Um, it takes me all of five minutes to put it on. And until you get within arm's length, it, it looks better than a prosthetic. So yeah, it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, so for a lot of those kinds of makeups, like um, some of the less pronounced Klingon ridges, like for Balana or or any of those aliens where it's not like a hugely pronounced thing. See if you can just use theater makeup tricks like you would use on a stage and uh, it, it will go on easier, look better because it actually shows your real skin color and there's no edges to hide. I, I just... I, it's for cosplay. It works for me a lot better than, than spending the time on a prosthetic. Yeah. That's really great advice. I'm glad that you mentioned that. Super awesome. Very good. Do you, so here's a question before I forget to ask this, 
do you know like how often you're going to be at Garrick's um, shop at the booth in the vendor's room? Do they uh, have yeah, the booth will be open. Yeah, the booth will be open all the time that the vendors are open. Um, we have a schedule up there, and I will be there a little over half of the time. Okay. Um, and Jesse Oquendo, I hope I said his last name right, because I've only ever called him Jesse. <laughs> Hi, Jesse. Jesse. Um, he said he wanted his name mentioned on the podcast. Yes, he did. So I, I am mentioning his name, and he will be at the booth as well. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, so you guys are there pretty much the entire time that the vendor's booth is open. When the vendor's room's open, the, the booth will be, Garrick's tailor shop will be manned, and we will be there to help you with your cost. Please state the nature of the costuming emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So Desiree wanted to know from the expert cosplay guests, what is or has been your favorite Trek cosplay you've done and why? How about we start with you, Eric? Okay. My favorite, if I really had to choose, would be my Borg costume. I have been working on it since 1993. Ooh. It is 100% from thrift stores and surplus stores and things like that, with a, a couple of, of component exceptions. Um, I have spent maybe $80 on it. Wow. Um, I have won the Las Vegas uh, Star Trek convention uh, costume contest four times with it. Uh, it's been featured in William Shatner's Get a Life in Trek Nation by Rod Roddenberry. It got a, a claw in it. It's got a motor in it. So when I uh, move the arm, it sounds like the sound the Borgs make. I have a voice changer built into it. I've got a battery-operated plasma disc. I've got a laser on it. I've got lights on it. And that's one of the costumes that I wear where I have to plan ahead to go anywhere because I know people are going to stop and want to get pictures with me. Brooke, what about you? No, it's a really tough question. The, the, the question was asked, what's been my favorite in the past? But my answer is always, it's my, my next one. I'm so excited for my next one. <laughs> but in the past, okay, I've got kind of two different answers. I think my favorite is my transporter costume, the one where it's like super glittery. Yeah. It's like I'm stuck in transport. I think that's a, a fun one. People laugh. I call me Christmas Janeway or Vegas Janeway or <laughs> whatever. And, and it's super fun. Um, I, I like the clever ideas. And then I think another one that I like, but for completely different reasons, it surprised me was, was doing Kira. I, I honestly, I thought people were crazy when they said, Oh, you should do Kira. You look so much like her. I'm like, Oh, oh my gosh, she's pretty. I, okay, fine. Yes, I'll do it. And, um, and it's just fun to see people's faces. They love it so much. And it's shocking to me, but I am glad to be able to, um, give people just a little, a little bit, a little moment of, of joy, uh, I, I suppose. So, yeah. There are people that definitely with both of you, I think they think you are Brent Spiner and an visitor. Yeah, yeah. People tell do... me that. I've had yeah. people come up to me and said, I saw you from across the room and I thought you were Brent Spiner. <laughs> there was there was one cute, cute woman who came up to me once and I was like, she said, she said, um, I just want to tell you my husband loves you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that one. You just right. kind of smile and say thank you. Smiled, and then she's like, he wants to get a picture with you. And he was so shy. It was super funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it's funny. And I think that uh, you and uh, Jerry Powell as Odo did a little a little scene 
last year or the year before? Yeah, we did that a couple years ago. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I think there might have been a little a little Odo and Kira kiss there. Uh, just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that brought joy to people. Uh, I think everybody really enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun and just a, a very heartfelt moment. And we're all friends, so it's just kind of a... I don't know. It's it's just something really fun and special that, that we get to experience there yeah. because you guys are just so awesome in doing it. And you 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 both look great as your character as every character that you do. And you're you're definitely that upper echelon. Like I said, you certainly are the expert cosplay guests uh, at STLV. So I think I'm going to skip down here to Ron Snowden, who is the one that asks if there is anything special that we can do for Garrick's Taylor booth. Um, any kinds of donations of supplies or snacks, water. Water is always appreciated. <laughs> um, yeah, people have wanted to, you know, tip us or something like that. And it's like, no, nah, we're, we're doing this for fun. And creation is they're sponsoring the booth. And I just think that is absolutely fabulous of them. We're not, you know, we're not charging. It's a free service and people do want to say thank you. And so, um, one year we asked people to donate to a college fund. Um, I will, I will talk with my team and see, see what, because we might, you know, request, you know, suggest that kind of a thing again. I know there's going to be a food charity that's going to be there. Um, it's called you eat, I eat. Yeah. And, uh, we, it might be a good idea for us to, we might ask people just, you know, to, to support that organization as, as a thank you to, to Garrick's and the Obsidian Order. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. And, uh, we'll certainly get the word out there that maybe if anybody's got some time to get some water for you guys, cause everybody needs to stay hydrated. That is the number one role of STLV is to stay hydrated. Yes. Jeff, did you, uh, were there any questions that we missed? Actually, I kind of had a, a little question that popped into my head while we were talking through a lot of this stuff. And I was I'm, I'm one of those guys who is not very talented when it comes to making costumes. So I, I tend to wind up buying things. Do you guys know of any particular brands or sources for pre-made costumes that are better than others or ones that you would recommend? I think Anovos is probably the... The, the premiere for the, the pre-made costumes. Uh, if you look on eBay, uh, you can find uh, different tailor shops located in China that will take your measurements and, the, and then will ship you a costume. That quality varies a little bit. Brooke, do you have thoughts on that? Oh, no, I would just second that, that um, Anovos being probably the highest quality. Um, what Whoever you contact for a pre-made costume, particularly if it's going to be a commissioned um, and even with Anovos, contact far in advance um, because uh, commissioned costumes aren't, it's not like buying off the rack at the mall um, or even ordering on Amazon. Um, it will take weeks to months. Um, mm-hmm. So so give plenty of time to, to get your costume if you're uh, commissioning a costume from a local tailor or, or seamstress or e- even from like Cosplay Sky or Anovos or anything like that. Yeah, and Anovos is kind of known to be a little slow, so yeah. it's too late for. I mean, really, it's probably too late to get something from anybody, but definitely yeah. not too early to plan for next year. For next year, yeah, and then and then too, like there are like the rubies costumes, um, the Halloween costumes. Um, those are easy to get. 
Um, they're not going to fit very well. They're not very high quality, but they're better than nothing. Yes, absolutely. So on a last note here, I just wanted to bring up a topic that um, I'm very passionate about at the convention, and we don't see a lot of support from creation about it, um, and that is cosplay is not consent and the issue of harassment, sexual and non-sexual at conventions and how to act and how not to be a jerk, as Brooke says, in um, some of the information that she gave me. So do you want to tell me a little bit about this cosplay etiquette um, document that you sent me? Yeah, um, well, it was just something that I put together. It was going to be on a, a panel at, a, at another convention about um, cosplay etiquette. And I'm just like a super overprepared person. So I just <laughs> I had to write out everything and, and have my ideas prepared. So that the, the outline that I sent you was just kind of like my notes for that. Yeah, it's just about don't be a jerk. Yeah. Um, and, and if you would be embarrassed for your mother or grandmother to see you doing what you're do doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it you know, in relation to another person, always ask permission. I, that's how I would kind of just basically sum it up. Ask permission. And if they don't say yes, the answer is no. Absolutely. And it goes for, you know, just, I see a lot of people who don't quite understand the boundaries of here's a person in cosplay and they get really excited because it, it might be a character that they love. Um, it might be a character that they haven't seen. And a lot of people are, are touchy-feely naturally, but not everybody wants to be touched. Um, it might even be a touch in the arm, but it's important to just remember that that's not everyone's behavior. And so just I would just refrain from doing that at all with people you don't know. And always, you know, as Brooke said, ask first, ask for a photo ask to if stand next to them is you don't necessarily need to touch the person that you're taking a photo with. Um, it's, it really just comes down to being respectful of everyone. And I, I really do love that. If, if they don't say yes, it means no. Um, I think it's important to respect everyone's boundaries and it seems like everyone has had some kind of issue at some convention, not necessarily, um, STLV, but, um, Eric, I think you've said you've had some issues with harassment before. Yes, I have. Are there any, any that stand out to you, um, that you might have some knowledge you'd like to pass on about your experience? Yeah. Just don't be, uh, creepy, <laughs> I, I guess is, is good advice. There was an instance where someone was asking me about my board costume and, Especially the they made reference to my my groin area, mm. and I know that happens a lot with women. Uh, for me, it was a, a new experience, and it, it kind of made me uh, be even more empathetic to to what a lot of uh, female cosplayers go through. So, yeah, uh, just don't be predatory. Don't be creepy. Be respectful. Yeah. Yeah, I like some of Brooke's notes. Don't be a stalker. Uh, and that happens. And I think it's just important to pay attention to your own behavior and to the person's behavior. And if they seem bothered, they seem uncomfortable, it's time for you to back off. And to just keep yourself in check, keep an eye out for other people even. Um, it's kind of one of my things that we all stick together. So if you see someone else that looks uncomfortable... 
Um, yeah. It's never, never a bad idea to go up and say, Hey, I wanted to show you something and just, and just pull them away. I, I had one, one wonderful, wonderful friend save me from a, a difficult situation in exactly that way. And I was so grateful that, that um, he noticed that and saved me. So yeah, I make sure every year to have some friends that, that know to just keep an eye on me because I've had that happen myself. And, um, you know, me personally, I've had some experiences in my life. And when I'm put in an uncomfortable position, I tend to just freeze up and I don't know how to get out of it. I don't react. And so it's it's always good to, to kind of have a buddy. Okay, so Eric, thanks so much for for coming on for this episode. Sorry you have to drop so early, but uh, we look forward to seeing you at the convention in a few weeks. Thank you, Jeff and Heather, and and we'll see you. See you soon. Okay, live long and prosper. (laughs) So as one guest uh, signs off, we are bringing on another guest to fill in. So uh, joining us is the man we call the Paramount Connection. Someone who may wind up spending more time eating burgers around Vegas than he will at the actual convention. The always informative Adam Drosen is here. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for having me back on the best podcast ever. I am sorry, Bill Smith, but it's a fact. Short, you can't beat shore leave, guys. A, a keeps Vegas in a on month. This. It keeps flip-flopping on this. Flip-flop? I've been consistent since the beginning. Shore leave number one and uh, Trek Geeks, whatever number pops into my head. But love you guys. Love you, Bill. Love you, Dan. This is brutal. So uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, Adam. Uh, Heather, do you want to resume uh, where we left off a moment ago? Yeah, I think we can just – Brooke, do you, do you know where kind of where you left off? Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say um, with some of my closest friends, we have a – we develop a signal that if I do such and such – you know, rub my chin or something yeah. in a particular way, that is a sign of get me out of here, please. Yeah. Uh, and so, yes. We've talked about the same thing within my groups and, and having that. We've yeah. never actually done it just because we're worried that like, you know, we won't be paying into- enough attention. But thankfully, I think everybody does a good job of keeping an eye on each other. Um, and yes. Can come to the rescue. Um, I, I've only ever had to use it that one time. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. And, you know, I think as much as I do, it's, it's a big deal to be responsible for yourself as someone um, approaching cosplayers. I think it's just as important to be responsible for yourself as a cosplayer and to be protective every way that you can, if that makes sense. Just being aware of how people may treat you and, and what you what you need to avoid when you see the warning signs. <laughs> One of the things I really like that you have in your notes is that a cosplayer is not their character. And as we were talking about unfavorable characters earlier, um, it's a good note not to treat actors playing your favorite or your disfavored characters as that character. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, just because, you know, there's someone they're a character that you didn't like doesn't mean you should be rude and mean to them. Uh, there's right. still a there's still a person behind the cosplay always. And. That's why I think also it's important to remember, too, that, you know, like Eric said earlier, we may need to run to the bathroom. We may need to do this or that. We're still people. We're still there for the convention, um, enjoying it ourselves. So it's important to remember that um, when approaching cosplayers is that they may have things on their agenda. This was hilarious. Don't take photos of a cosplayer that you wouldn't take of your grandma. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Well, well, and, and the, the next part's important, too. It's like if you want to um, tilt the camera, 
yeah ask because some people that's okay and some people that's not okay yeah so, so no 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 panty or cleavage shots is the point no and fortunately i've never i've never seen that not to say that it, it can't happen um but i don't see a whole lot of that at this convention um but no, it's just... you know i i haven't seen a whole lot of it myself at sdlv which is just wonderful it's like a it's a very safe home for me so <laughs> It is. It is. I would like to see creation do a little bit more just to just to jump on board with cosplay is not consent um, yeah. because they, they really don't do anything right now. And we're kind of hoping that maybe with this podcast, uh, they, they might. So we will see. One last point here that I really like is not to monopolize a cosplayer's time. And I think that's really important because you know, we even like in cheer fleet, um, we're a large group. So we're moving, we're moving through the vendor's room. We stop to take photos with people and then we, we move on after those photos are, are gone. And so like, if someone singles me out, for instance, then I, I feel kind of tethered to someone and I can't move along with the group. And likewise with you, I know that you get a lot of requests for photos. And if one person is, is kind of, starting up a huge conversation, then that may take away from your ability to give photo ops with other people or to even right. go to a panel yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it just goes back again to that pay attention to the social cues and, and look at, look at what other people's body language is so that you can be aware. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam, since you kind of jumped into the conversation, um, did you have anything you wanted to add on, uh, how not to be a crazy person in cosplay and to be respectful of your fellow cosplayers? It's a great question. Um, this, the, one of the big reasons I wanted to do this, this podcast with you guys is this is going to be my first year doing a cosplay at STLV. It's going to be my fourth year, my first costume there. I only have experience in costume in a big public setting one time, and that was Halloween of 2013, and I was... Um, Harley Quinn, uh, which if you guys aren't familiar with, is the Joker's girlfriend from uh, from the Bat, originally the Batman animated series, and soon to be the movie Suicide Squad. But I was classic Harley Quinn, and uh, it was really cool. It was a lot of fun. I went to the West Hollywood uh, Halloween party, which is the biggest Halloween party in Los Angeles. And I happened to, li I lived right around the corner at the time. So I would just like literally walk out of my house. And the second I walked outside, it was like immediately people wanted to take pictures. Like I've never had like, been t taking as many photos as I did that night. And it was really fun, but, um, it was cool. So I got a really nice costume. It was custom made by, um, Siren Latex here in, in Silver Lake, California, just east of uh, Hollywood. And they did, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman costume and stuff uh -huh. for Lady Gaga. Yeah, no, really, really cool place. They, they're amazing. Shout out to my team at Siren. They're really cool. But, um, the thing is, uh, it's like, uh, it, you know, latex, it's a really interesting looking material. It feels really cool. People like want to touch you. And, mm -hmm. um, that was not something I was even thought about or expected. And, um, it was nice, you know, what people want to, you know, put your put their hand on your shoulder, your arm, whatever. But like, you know, you know, I would say some people, it would be questionable. And again, this is, you know, someone who has no concept or preconception or history with this whatsoever. But it's like, 
you know, think about it before you just put your arm around somebody's waist, fellas, because I don't think that's something that a woman would do necessarily, you know, just, you know, some guys I feel like have no preconception of that. And just, you know, it's just something that wouldn't have didn't occur to me before wearing this costume either. So I was like, well, that's that could be considered questionable at best. So uh, I probably, you know, I just, literally just hopped into the combo. So you guys probably covered all of this. But, um, you know, just uh, just think about it. Um, I would say uh, the best uh, the best way to put it is uh, cosplay is not consent. Just because yeah. someone someone just because someone's wearing a costume doesn't give you un, unspoken, unwritten consent to treat them however you want. So yeah. think about that. And it really doesn't matter whether it's a giant furry tribble or one of the lovely TOS ladies. It's a personal peeve of mine to see people touch some of my friends specifically who have had bare skin and just don't. Like for me, it's just a general rule. Like don't touch anybody. If you see something like latex that you're like, oh, I want to touch that, then ask the person, as Brooke said. Um, and if they say yes, it's a yes. And if they don't, it's a no, but just a general rule is don't touch people. And if you take a photo and you feel like you have to put your arm somewhere, you can put your arm behind them. You just don't have to touch them. Yeah. It's called, it's the classic hover hand. Sorry, yeah, to, hover cut, hand. sorry to cut you off. What were, what were you no. And then there's, there's another thing too, like, um, some people's costumes may be delicate in places that you wouldn't expect them to be delicate. And so it's also it, it's it, with props and and pieces of the costumes. It's always important to ask before touching because uh, you might break it just yeah. by touching it. Um, oh, that yeah. was that was something that happened to me on my Harley Quinn costume. So I had that costume. I said, as I said, custom made for me by Siren. But I made this unbelievable mallet, which is like kind of her signature thing. It's this big mallet that I. It was really really cool. I, I'll put pictures of it up on Tricorder and. Uh, some some guy literally within five minutes of me stepping outside, some drunk idiot took it and smashed it. So like oh just my not, gosh. no, it was a thing where it's like, hey, like hit me over the head with it and take a picture, and it's like ah, ah, ah. like I, I kind of posed with it. And he's like, he like grabbed it from my hand, and smashed himself on the again drunk guy. But like yeah. I spent I spent a while making that stupid freaking mallet, but um now now I have the I have the pictures at least. So there's that, but it happens. It happens, yeah. guys. Think about it. The nice thing about this convention, and it's mo- it's mostly adults, um, so unlike some of the others, which the the ages the ages are a little younger, um, and people might be a little rowdier. I don't want to I don't want to say anything bad about younger people, but this I think there's just a, a, a maturity to this convention that I that I don't see at such a high level at other conventions. But again, it's it's something that's, that's prevalent in the cosplay community, and I just wanted to take some time to address it for all of my friends out there that cosplay and everybody that just may not have thought about these things. Um, I think it's very important. So thank you both for your insight. I very much appreciate it. So Heather, I actually have a, a follow-up question. It was something that I heard mentioned very briefly. This could be sensitive, so I understand if you don't want to get too in-depth about this, but I think it may be useful for for people who are going maybe for the first time to STLV and doing a cosplay, but you guys mentioned that there were some some telltale signs that some of these folks exhibited, and maybe some of these people who are going for the first time are not, might not be aware of what to look for uh, in in someone who may be a, a problem for them. So is there anything that you can say uh, without you know, getting too, too personal or, or uh, calling anybody specific out about what these signs might be in general? 
Uh, it's, it's, it's very intuitive for me and it's just kind of, I get red flag feelings. Um, but one of the things that people do is they tend to linger around you. Mm. Um, and so the Brooks note about, um, monopolizing other people's time really stuck out with me because there's a difference between someone that is waiting to take a photo with you than with someone who after everyone else has left, they're just kind of standing, next to you lingering and I'm, I'm a very trustworthy person and I'm a very friendly person. So I tend to kind of be like, Oh, did you need something? And it's just, it's just an odd thing. It's, it's hard for me to pick out specifics. That's one that sticks out for me. Brooke, do you have any, any red flags? Yeah. You know, I'm very very much like you, Heather, where, um, it's the, the biggest red flag is somebody staying around, too long or standing too close. Yeah. Um, but that said, I mean, when you're at the masquerade bar, everybody's standing super close. Yeah. So it really, it really is kind of a, a very intuitive thing. And that's part of the reason that I worked out with a few of my friends, the physical signal. Right. Um, where, where my warnings, my warning system's going off, but it wouldn't necessarily show up to anybody else because we're all smashed in together and everybody's talking and having a good time. Yeah. And, and so that's why we kind of have that warning system, which I've only ever, again, I've only ever had to use it once. Most of the time people are just, they're just being friendly. Sometimes, uh, there's, there's a certain segment of our friends, our, our fan group that, have less social abilities and there's nothing negative meant by them at all. Right. And so it's just like, no, you just, okay. So this is someone who has a harder time reading social cues. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Uh, that's, that's why it's, I can't put any specific thing on it because it's just my warning system goes off. That's all. Yeah. It's uh, there. You just, you feel uncomfortable. And when you feel uncomfortable, you, you know, you know that that's not good. Um, if you see anybody following you around, like you're in multiple different places or someone that's staring at you, yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely very off-putting for me. I will throw out for everyone, male, female, doesn't matter. I like to have a buddy, um, to like go to my walk back to my room with, there are non-convention guests at the Rio, <laughs> They don't, it's this year, you know, it's sold out, but there's still going to be people that are just in Vegas staying at the Rio, having a vacation. And, you know, again, in, in what, this is my eighth year since 2009. Um, I've never had any issues, but especially the first time that I went completely by myself, knowing that my friends were going to be engaged with their spouses or their friends, like I, t- I took a taser. <laughs> I, I never, I never used it. Cause you know, once you get there, you're like, Oh, right. I'm here with family. And I really just always made sure that I had someone to either walk me to my room that I knew that was a trustworthy friend. I mean, yeah, I, that very first year that I went by myself is the year that I met Claire. And so we, we met each other in line checking in and I was like, Hey, do you want to get rooms close to each other? And so we've done that ever since. So every time I've been going alone, I've still had that friend there, but I, I just think it's wise, you know, in, in the world today to just keep an eye out, you know, make sure nobody's following you. If you're ever uncomfortable, the Rio does have security and you, you know, 
if, if you feel that uncomfortable, there's never a reason not to go up to um, a security guard or someone with creation and say, look, I feel really bothered by someone. But, you know, like you pointed out, there are definitely people at the convention that just they don't get a lot of interaction and and they're they're harmless. Like they just don't they just don't know how to interact well. And, you know, in those cases, the best thing I can tell someone is that, you know, if if you're if you're done with the conversation, just in a very polite way, you know, tell them that you need to go do something else. You know, it's again, it's just it's a highly intuitive thing. And so buddy system, trust your instincts. <laughs> that's my best advice. <laughs> excellent. Excellent advice. And you know, Heather, I, I don't, I also don't want to let this go either because this is something that we talked about a couple of days ago. I think we were having a pre-conversation about this episode and some of the things that we wanted to bring up. And I think in this day and age, it's also very important to think about this possibility as well, because, you know, we live in a technology age where, you know, we have our phones and you're taking your picture on your phone and you're posting the Facebook and things like that. And, there's a very real possibility, of course, that this thing can spill over onto social media and people can try to contact you or send you messages and things after the conventions are over. I know that's something that has happened to you. And I, it's just something I think people should be mindful of when they're meeting people at the cons and giving out their names and things. So do you have any thoughts of, or advice on how to deal with that? So again, I think you should do what makes you comfortable. Every year, I get an influx of friend requests on Facebook, um, primarily males. Um, I know that when you accept new friends on Facebook, it kind of throws you into a people you know category. And so you'll pop up in anybody's feed and they can add you. And, you know, the number one rule is that you need to decide whether you want to add people as friends or not. I go back and forth since I am um, co-admin of the group and since I am now co-host of Shore Leave, I, I like to be open and to invite people to get to know me. Um, I, I kind of feel like I'm an ambassador of STLV, so I'm, I'm very open to it. At the same time, I have every right to go through, you know, once a year and remove everybody who I don't actually know personally. Brooke, do you do you have this issue too, where you get a, a lot of different people you don't know asking to be friends? And yes, I do. Um, and I'm very much like you. Right after the convention, there's a lot. I and I usually will accept a friend request from somebody that I've actually met, but I, you meet right. so many people that sometimes it's it's hard to remember. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say that when it comes to Facebook, I am so incredibly grateful for people who actually use the picture of themselves as their profile <laughs> picture. Yes, because I am terrible with names. And it's such a blessing when somebody has their name and their face together. And I'm visual and I can put them together. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a role that I, I have used in the past. Because, you know, like I just said, I like to I like to add the friends. But at the same time, every now and then I'll I'll get a little creeped out because I'm like, well, I don't know this person at all. I didn't meet them at the convention. So last year after the convention, I went through and I, I removed everyone who I didn't physically meet or yeah. who didn't have a user photo, um, who had a name that wasn't their actual name. Right. Um, you know, and that's just kind of general, general guidelines to use there. And, you know, when it comes to messages, I, I'm not a big messenger person. I I have a business during the day. I have to keep my attention on on animals and 
I really can't be having like five different conversations with people. You know, my, my general rule is unless you really, really hit it off personally at the convention, um, you don't really need to, to message someone all day. That's just me. <laughs> That's just me and my personal preferences. I'm totally cool with staying in touch with people that I've met. Um, I'll do a message back and forth, but I, I personally am not one to start building a lot of new friendships via messenger on Facebook. And I think just maybe not to expect that from a lot of people. I, we, you know, we're those of us that, that build really close friendships. We, we keep in touch in a lot of different ways. And so I think that, you know, what, what is organic works, works well, um, and if it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm just pretty straightforward about saying, listen, I, I can't have a conversation now. I'm working, et cetera. So, Adam, do you have any thoughts on, on any of that? You've been awful quiet. Yeah, it's, I find it really interesting. I, I feel like I, I hopped in at an interesting point in the conversation. I apologize. I really wish I could have been there from the beginning. I'm on the mm. West Coast and I was at work, but I can't wait to listen later. <laughs> um, uh, so this is something I, I'm about to say something that I really hope people don't take as provocative, intentionally provocative, but rather something that's thought provoking, because this is something I've been sort of kicking around in my head on a daily basis for the last five months or so. I, uh, a big part of, um, my, my whole philosophy and what I want to get out of this cosplay is, is very intricately tied in with getting in shape and, uh, hashtag STL, but STLV bod life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, we'll get back to that in a minute. But, um, I feel again, this is not intended to provoke. It's intended to be thought provoking. I feel that cosplay in a way is the most elevated and positive form of narcissism that you can indulge in. And I think that's a really big part of why this conversation, you know, revolves around trying to distance yourself from awkward people and people who are making you uncomfortable because at the heart of it, when you're in cosplay, it's, it's, you want people to look at you, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's a really, weird heady thing to wrap your head around and i think about it all the time when i'm running and working out because on the far end of the spectrum you know people do disgusting and reprehensible things in service of narcissism like running for president when they have no business to or shooting up a room full of people and that's as dark as i'm going to get on this podcast but i feel like if you flip it around and you think about it in the sense that I'm in a, you know, a huge casino and a huge room full of people who love the same things I love. And I obsess over this one thing. And I just you live your fantasy for five hours, six hours, and you just look as good as you want to look and be who you want to be. I think that's such a positive thing. And for those people that you guys were talking about who maybe don't have the social interactions or the social wherewithal to understand what they're doing is awkward or making other people uncomfortable. I would say this don't, I'm not saying this to be a buzzkill to anybody, but if, if you feel like you're possibly making someone awkward, just give yourself a little bit of reflection there. You're around a lot of people. And if you're not used to that, just, you know, kind of think about how you're coming off. And I, I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles a little bit, but it's a kind of a weird, heady thing. I've been kicking around the, uh, the healthy narcissism of cosplay, if you will. 
I was going to say, I love your putting it a positive narcissism because I've always thought of it as the uh, paradoxical that, you know, we say cosplay is just for, for you, wear whatever makes you happy, wear, wear, wear what is good for you. And I totally believe that. And at the same time, the reason you're wearing it is so that people will look at you. It yeah, is narcissistic. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I like, I like the way of putting that. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I, for me, it feels paradoxical. I think it's a really good way to look at it. I know that, I mean, for me, I ha- I've, I've not worn anything that really sh- like showcases myself a certain way. Um, I've been working on my fitness a lot. And uh, Dan over at Trek Geeks and I have a cosplay that we had thought about for this year. But um, I think we're going to aim for it next year. And, you know, it's a TOS character that kind of has one of those bikini type things. And I've never worn anything like that. Okay, and- Heather, I think I'm talking about, and I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I have to say this, I, I have a plan for the Star Trek cruise. Oh. I can't believe I'm announcing this in public. I have a plan for the Star Trek cruise. I have never worn a bikini in my life. It's not my thing. It is way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Like, way out. But I'm going to do it for the Star Trek cruise as a cosplay bikini. Um, and, and part of it is to motivate my, motivate me to exercise and be healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's this weird combination. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. And you know, it's, it's all, it's, you know, we have our little STLV bond movement and, you know, for me, I just made a decision earlier this year that, you know, I'm, I turned, I just turned 35 and as I get older, I want to be very much in shape so that I can hopefully extend my longevity. Right. Um, but also, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed the cosplay that I've seen since 2009 and especially the women who, um, just wear some of these, they could be really creative, um, you know, not even an actual TOS character cosplay or, you know, somebody from one of those that, that are just kind of scantily clad and I've never been confident enough to do that. And so it's just kind of a challenge for me and, for my personal level of esteem, um, to be able to do that. So yeah, it's, it's very much something that I'm doing for myself. I'm not even thinking about people looking at me, although obviously if I'm in a bikini, they all, you know, I would assume that people are going to look cause you don't normally walk around a convention hall in a bikini. But yeah, Adam, I think, I think that's a great way to look at it. It's definitely something that, comes up a lot, I think, in the cosplay community of, you know, doing doing something to show off versus the, the empowerment of doing it versus the whole, oh, well, you're dressing a certain way to invite behavior, which is just no. That's a big no. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely not. It's, and it's, um, well, first, I wanted to bring up something that uh, Mickey had said in the last Shore Leave, which I think is really important. If you want to do cosplay, you don't have to lose a freaking pound. You're every, anyone looks just as good as they want to. And for me, it was something a little bit, it wasn't necessarily that like, I, you know, um, and I, even though I completely agree with it, uh, it, the, you know, it's, this is weird, but, uh, I know you've in the past, Heather, you've, you, you've been very open with your emotions on the show and people have really responded well to that. If, if you'll indulge me here, I'll get, I just want to get a little bit introspective about it. The, the, the previous two times I've lost weight in my life in a significant way are always really tied to negative emotion, negative thought. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the first time I was 18, 19, I had just moved, I just went to college and, 
you know, that's this a very specific kind of being miserable and not liking yourself that I think a lot of people can understand at that age. So instead of doing freshman 15, I did like freshman negative 15, 25, whatever. Uh, and that was, that was whatever, you know, this, you know, kind of came about, I started dieting and thinking about putting together this cosplay and working out in February. And honestly, that came from a, it's before anything, it came from a place of, uh, you know, being really stressed about money and work and all that, you know, crap that's not going to matter in the 23rd century. <laughs> but um, it, it also started, you know, this is right after I would gotten my ticket to STLV and was broke. And I was just like, you know what, I'm broke and I'm miserable now, but I'm so much fun in six months, seven months, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I start working out and I start doing this and that and I start thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be great? You know, I always wanted to do some kind of cosplay and if any year to do it, it's going to be this one, you know, flash forward to April, though, with the last time I was on shore leave. And I, you know, I started saying like, yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm not eating carbs and sugar and dairy and I'm running a lot. And, you know, that was kind of when like, you know, you know, Fart started talking about how much weight he lost and you were really starting to get into Orange Theory Fitness. And I think I'm thinking to myself as I'm listening to it back, you know, when it when it airs, I'm like, God, if I show up to STLV, I'd like I've gained weight. It's going to be such a freaking mess. So um, I just kind of really stuck with it super hard. And I'm compulsive that way. I mean, that's how I watched so much Star Trek in such a short period of time. But it, it really is, you know, this is, you know, like I said, the last two times the lost way have just always been by myself and miserable. But now it's like anytime I see, you know, STLV bot on Twitter, or, <laughs> you know, you and Fark and Laura and all these people, it's just like, you know, I'll be sitting around be like oh, i'm so tired it's been a long day but i know heather worked out i know Fark worked <laughs> out i gotta go work out so it really is good and it's, you know to to wrap up this long-winded uh mushy drosen aside um it's one of the first things I mentioned that I really love about STLV is my little rituals where, you know, I'll get excited about certain things on the drive there or certain mm -hmm. things that I'm going to eat. Because, and I've been talking a lot about that, as Jeff mentioned, because since I stopped eating food uh, almost altogether, I just think about Vegas food all the time. But, you know, this is a way for me to do an STLV ritual every day. So, you know, whenever I go running or whenever I like you know, just eat like a, a carrot stalk. It's be like, you know, I'll just start thinking about STLV and just makes me happy. <laughs> you know, um, can I, can I share a, a story that's sensitive for me to share? Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, it's about STLV and cosplay and how mm -hmm. it actually changed my, uh, my perception of myself in a profound, profound way. Yes. So we're talking about weight loss stories. I've, I've lost about 70 pounds um, a handful of years ago, I look different. Like people that hadn't seen me before my weight loss for years, when they see me after I lost the weight, they wouldn't recognize me. And, um, part of the reason, there's a lot of reasons into how I lost the weight. Mostly I, I changed jobs. I went from being an unhappy lawyer to being a happy costumer and then diet and exercise. And, but one of the reasons I was doing it was because I realized I needed to uh, change my perception of myself so that, and, and do what I needed to, to look and feel attractive to myself and others. And I was, and I realized that for most of my life, I had thought that I was pretty ugly and pretty down on myself. And I realized in my head that that kind of thinking was not healthy and was not right even. Um, and actually I didn't really start losing the weight until I looked at my body and I went, I love my body. 
the way it is right now. I love it and I need to take care of it. And, and then I, um, uh, you know, uh, several months later I was, uh, weighed quite a bit less and I was m- I'm much more healthy now, but I didn't, I didn't really get it through my head that I was not ugly until that few years ago when people were like, Oh, you should dress as Kira. I was like, eh, okay, whatever, fine. I'll do it. And that, people were mistaking me for somebody who was pretty. And I thought they were crazy. It's like, no, you're, you're crazy. Cause I'm not pretty. But it took that whole weekend there at Vegas cosplaying as Kira and people re- responding so positively that it finally got through my head and into my heart that I'm um, a lovable and attractive person. And that is such a blessing to me. So thank you for letting me share that. Wow. Oh. Thank you for sharing it. You, I'm almost gonna cry now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it can it it is a great story, and it's one of the. Th- I mean this this convention I, changes lives to me, and it's a a big part of why I enjoy doing this podcast. You know, talking about my experiences and hearing about other people's experiences and how oh I'm gonna cry and how it has changed. Um, change their life in some way. And, ah, uh, I just want to give you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, in just a few weeks, we can. <laughs> I know five weeks, five weeks, man. Yeah. Heather, you're, you're right. You're so right that the, the, these conventions do definitely change lives. And, uh, you know, I, I, someday I'll tell my story on uh, shortly, <laughs> but I want to, I want to quickly say that, um, uh, Brooke, that you, you just hit on something from one of my favorite things is hearing weight loss stories because everybody has a, a great reason for why they decided to do it. And they have great stories about the journey from, from the start to the finish and how different they feel and how much better they feel. And they're so encouraging and they're so wonderful to listen to. I'm so glad you told one. And I think all four of us have our weight loss stories. And I think yeah. I probably told mine on the show before, right, Heather? I think I did. But anyway, at any rate, I lost almost 90 pounds myself. Yeah. And, um, wow. It it was life altering, absolutely life altering. So different now, and I love to hear that that you know Adam is working so hard to to trim up and get in shape for, and everybody's doing it for the right reasons, you know. Yeah, they're, they're and not only doing it for appearance, they're doing it for their health and their mental yeah. well being, and that that's so important. It is, and that's something that's really changed for me, you know, throughout my thirty five years, and it's something I've thought a lot about recently because you know part of this getting healthy, I was like, you know, STLV is, is my goal. Like I want to look good by then because that's what I'm going to be with all these people who see me once a year. And yes, they sound narcissistic, but I just, I was like, okay, that that's a goal time. And, and frankly, it's the only time during the year that I get to take a week to dress up and, you know, wear pretty clothes and show myself off. But I, yeah, I just decided that I I wanted to get in shape. I wanted to get in shape in a different way than I have before. I've done exercise before, but I had never started weightlifting and, um, doing this, like I am seeing my body change, um, and just mind blowing ways. Like when you start to do stuff like weightlifting and you, you know, yeah, you're losing weight, but you're building this muscle and you don't, like I never realized that I could have all this muscle or that I could be this strong and I could lift these really heavy weights in class. And, you know, at this point in my life, I'm just like, wow, I'm not, I'm not doing this just because I don't want to be fat. 
I'm not doing this with an eating disorder this time. Yeah, the fact that that I'm I'm doing something for myself in a healthy way, uh, you know, with 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 STLV as the goal in mind and having this really wonderful community of support it's it's a great thing. I don't know what else to say about it. It just makes it even more meaningful. And Adam, I think you might have been the one that started the STLV bot hashtag. Oh, thank you. Um, it's like, you know, everyone's, I'm working on my beach bot for the summer. I'm working right. on my STLV bot for the summer. And um, for me, honestly, I think one of the big reasons I've been successful in losing weight is that when I started, I didn't weigh myself and I haven't weighed myself in the last five months since I started doing this, but I can tell like you can, no one's gonna, no one can tell your body better than you. And I can tell I've lost somewhere between 20 and 30 pounds. Like yeah. I need to get my pants taken in. Like it's just, I have my clothes fit different, my face. Like I posted a photo in 50 by 50th the, the other week of like me at last STLV and me last weekend. I was like, Oh, hello carb face. I don't miss you that much, but um, <laughs> no, it's been, it's been really amazing. That's honestly why, you know, a big part of why I wanted to hop on the cosplay episode because it's been um it's been an experience and i kind of feel like the weight loss is fed into that and the more i think about working out the more excited to get to do that in the cosplay yeah. it's just it's um it's really really fun honestly and that's 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 the big reason i wanted to just mention you know because i know a lot of people do struggle with dieting and yo-yo dieting and feeling bad about themselves i'm like i said the last few times i've tried to lose weight and i have lost weight it's always been around negative emotion this is mm -hmm. i feel like this is different now because yeah. of you and Fark and everybody else and it's just been uh amazing and i can't wait to have uh the stlv bot squad together in vegas in a few weeks we got to get Brooke on that STLV bod hashtag. I'll, I'll, I'll join you with that one. I'm I'm not on Twitter all that much, but I'll I'll, I'll join you in it because it is fun. Yeah, it's, but I I do need to um, just re repeat something, um, Adam, that you'd said earlier that you don't have to be any particular weight or shape to cosplay. No. Because and 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 I can say this because I spend all of my time putting costumes on different sorts of people. Um, at, at the theater and at the costume rental shop. And when something fits you, it doesn't matter what your body shape is. If it fits you, it looks good. And if you're confident in it, it looks great on you. Like, yeah. like your attitude in wearing a thing that fits you makes 190% of the difference. Um, it's your attitude. It also has to fit whatever nobody's a size this is my this is my soapbox that i hate women's sizes are stupid nobody uh, is a size everybody has measurements yeah make, make sure your costumes fit your measurements yes. and then have confidence and it doesn't matter what your shape is you're gonna look great you are yeah. and nobody judges you like no nobody is gonna look at you and say oh your cosplay is awful I mean, if you do something very obscure, everybody may not get it, but that doesn't matter either. Like, as long as you are enjoying what you're doing, uh, that just carries it all with you. And I think that you're going to have a great time. And it just it comes down to what you're comfortable with personally. Um, once you get there, I, I would even challenge people that if they're a, just a little uncomfortable, like with cheer fleet and our skirts, you know, we, our cheer fleet costumes are made specifically for us. We send in our measurements and, you know, some women aren't too sure about, Oh, well, am I going to be able to pull this off or not? And I always say, you know, maybe make it an inch shorter and try it out. 
and get there and see what happens. And you're going to find that you just fit in with everybody else and you're totally comfortable and the worries that you had just disappear. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes that little bit of fear that you have before you wear a costume, is it really going to work? It's like you're standing on the edge of the diving board and, and, (laughs) and it's a little bit scary, but then it's totally cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I just love the attitude of the cosplay community there. And I'm really excited to see what all is coming out this year. I'm not doing anything new, but we're bringing like the augment group back. And I know that being the 50th, you know, we've got Adam cosplaying for the first time. A lot of my other friends are cosplaying for the first time. We have people coming to this convention that are completely new. And I think it's, it's very much overlooked right now with the drama of, of it being sold out and I didn't get a ticket and I go every year and I didn't get a ticket, but There are so many people coming to this convention for the first time that I am, I am so excited for those people because it's, it's going to blow their mind. And my first convention in 2009 didn't have the guardian. It didn't have the, the bridge of the enterprise. It didn't have any of that. So I can only imagine what this experience is going to be like for someone who's never been before. Um, And if any of those people are listening Oh, please cosplay, please just for one day, even if it's just, you know, a a standard tunic, just do it. You won't regret it. And then come by Garrick's tailor shop. (laughs) You don't need to get it fixed so that I can see your costumes. Yes. Are you going to take pictures? Have you like taken pictures of people that come up? Yes, we do. Yes. And and it's, it's not something that I'm the best at remembering to do. Yeah. but uh, yeah, it's it's super fun. It's super fun because yeah. I get so focused on I got to. OK, what's your problem? And let's fix it. You know, <laughs> I get so focused on that. Yeah, I'm so glad that they created it, too, because I, I know that they have those types of things at other conventions. And we, we didn't didn't have this until like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This this will. Yeah, this will be our third year. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So exciting. Mm-hmm. So uh, we are pretty much out of uh, listener questions. Maybe we've hit up all the topics that were on the docket. Do we want to quickly go around the horn before we sign off and talk about what our cosplay ideas for the upcoming convention are, if you choose to reveal any? I'll, yeah, I'll start with mine. There's nothing new. Like I said, for probably for like the main, the big days, I'm going to go small and just wear my Anovo dress, my TOS dress. And then I have my Star Trek into darkness dress. Um, we are doing the augment cosplay. The date is to be determined. Um, and it, we may be able to do it twice. It just depends on what the schedule is like, but, um, easiest cosplay ever, like I said. So if anyone is out there that has never done a cosplay that wants to, doesn't know how to sew and wants to do something very easy, please send me a message, get in touch with me. You do not have to be physically fit to be an augment. Um, I've heard, I got this question from several different people and it does not matter. So that one is open to everybody. And then cheer fleet. We just got our, um, our new uniforms in for everyone that ordered. Unfortunately, we won't have another order window before the convention. Um, but we welcome anyone to, uh, you know, if you just want to bring some pom-poms and cheer with us, you're welcome to do that too. And then I did set up an LGBT group just to show our pride. 
Um, I was just kind of inspired after the horrific events in Orlando. The outpouring of community and support from my friends on Facebook just really inspired me to get a group together just to share our pride. Um, Sorry, I get emotional about it. Um, And we're going to try to do that, I think, on Friday when George Takei is there. Um, we, We may be able to get a photo op with him. Um, but since he is just such a great voice for the community, we thought it would be something cool to do on a day that he is there. And that one is open to everybody. Everybody can come, whether you are part of the community or you just want to support the community, totally open to everybody. And I think that is all of my cosplay groups. That's brilliant. That's Thanks. Probably, that's wonderful. I'm excited. Um, we'll probably for probably we'll bring back the Starfleet Jedi maybe Ooh. I don't know is that is that too much though on the 50th anniversary no I think it'll be fun <laughs> uh we'll 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 haul down uh Darth Borg and he was kind of a hit <laughs> last year so maybe we'll do do the Starfleet Jedi again um there's a another group that I'm doing but it's it is going to be a surprise and again I don't know when that's going to be I will mention that I did set up a, a Facebook page called Starbase Vegas Quartermaster, um, where we're trying to, if you've got a group cosplay, you can kind of post your information there uh, so that groups can communicate. Right. And we can let photographers know when group things are happening. Um, it's kind of a fledgling effort to communicate uh, that kind of information. So I don't know how well it will work, but that's Starbase Vegas Quartermaster. Um, it's a Facebook page with the link to a Google Docs so that hopefully we can just communicate about when groups are doing what. So yeah. there's that. My I have I have a cosplay that I have never been so frightened of doing in my life. And so I, I don't know if I should even say it, but maybe I should. So then I'll say it. actually say do it. it. I'm going to do a warp core. Oh. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see how it works. <laughs> do it. Do we'll it. see. Yeah. Well, I have, I have complete faith in you based on every cosplay I've ever seen you make. Complete faith. Uh, 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 th- wow, your confidence is frightening to me. <laughs> <laughs> really you 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 deserve to give yourself credit because the stuff i mean at, you, your your cosplay renders me speechless sometimes because it's just so creative um and executed so well oh well thank you thank you i, yeah. I again i i hope it makes people laugh when they look at it it's not it's not going to be an immediate like uh I, I i hope it brings a smile when they realize what it is right yeah I'm scared. I've never been so scared <laughs> in my life, though. So no, I, I love that. I think it's so funny. I always, I always, I think I tweeted once. I always get a kick out of this idea of doing inanimate object cosplay. So I want, <laughs> I want to be like a, a Jumja stick from Deep Space Nine. <laughs> um, but the one I actually kind of gave a good minute of thought to of doing was uh, one of my favorite episodes is Cat's Paw. Mm-hmm. So I thought it'd be really great to just be like a, a giant cat's paw walking around. And it's so, stu- it's so stupid, but that's my kind of dumb sense of humor. That's not stupid, though. <laughs> I mean, I know there's another group that we're doing, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it or not. Um, so I, I don't think I'll specify what it is, but it's not something that is out of Star Trek. It's kind of like a play on a community like mashed with Star Trek. 
it's hard to explain. And I don't know like if people will get it or not, but it's just um, a friend of mine had the idea. And so a bunch of us are supportive and said, yeah, why not? I mean, we had the Spanish Inquisition there a few years ago. <laughs> Nobody expects that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it's something that we didn't really bring up in the questions and I'll throw it out here quickly is that, you know, different people bring different types of cosplay and I've, we've had Dr. Who cosplay. We've had the Avengers cosplay. Guardians um, of the Galaxy last Guardians. Year. Yeah, that was a really neat mashup. Um, so, you know, it's uh, the cosplay is, is majorly Star Trek since it's a Star Trek convention. If you've got a creative way to combine Star Trek with something, go for it. If you just feel like bringing... You know, I did uh, Equality Supergirl for Denver <laughs> Comic Comic Con, and you know she's not going to make an appearance um, at STLV. But you know, I just I feel like if you've got something, bring it. You might get a mixed reaction because there are some people that are like, "Well, this is a Star Trek convention, and it has to be Star Trek." But again, overall, you should just care about you and what makes you happy, what makes you comfortable. So if you want to come rock Doctor Who, rock Doctor Who. That's my well, opinion. It's, it, you know, IDIC, Infinite Diversity. Exactly. Infinite, so. I won't say what costumes, because I'm doing two costumes this year I'll do, but I'll give you some, I'll give you some info here. Okay, so I'm actually going to do my big costume, the one that I've been working on for a while. That's going to be, um, I'm going to do that one at night, actually. I'm going to do that like Thursday night, just because even though it's inside and it's super air-conditioned, Vegas during the middle of August is just too hot. Like, for to wear a costume for that period of time, something to think about, too. I'm going to do one of them at night, and that's going to be a TNG costume. It's a guest star and it's from one of the most popular episodes. And that's mm. all I'll say. And this is, here's something else, too. It's not screen accurate, okay? So it's sort of my little twist on that. That's I think it's going to be real. It's going to get a reaction. It's going to be really, really cool. <laughs> um, and then I, I, I think I'm going to do that Thursday night so I can kind of, like, get, get all the stress out of, like, getting that together out of the way yeah. at least halfway through. And I could just sort of enjoy for the rest. And and then truly eat whatever the hell ever. <laughs> the second costume I'm going to do is kind of more low key, but it is screen accurate. It's also a guest star and it's from Enterprise. And it's not, I think, something you'd immediately think of. But then the second you see me, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Because I don't think I've seen this character cosplayed yet. So looking forward to that, guys. Yeah. I love the obscure stuff. Like, And it was funny because the augments aren't all that obscure. But a lot of people didn't watch Enterprise. Um, so not everybody got it, but we still had so much fun just walking around and getting our pictures taken that again, I just stress that if it's obscure, don't worry about it. Just rock it. Yeah. I well, and then <laughs> the person who gets it, who knows it, you're like best buds instantly. Yeah. Like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Heck shout out to Claire who had the headset from TNG's The Game, the game. who was probably like <laughs> one of the most popular cosplays last year until Je uh, jim broke it um <laughs> also but, the royale she was from the right the astronaut yes royale. yes um yeah you know it's people people who get that it's just so awesome when they do when it's obscure like that it's the best thing ever um hey jeff mm -hmm. are you gonna do anything don't put me on the spot like that <laughs> cheese it cosplay Cheese it cosplay. Yeah, I'm gonna dress up like a giant cheese it. Apparently, I'm, uh, I'm well known on Twitter for eating cheese its and taking pictures with cheese its. I guess. 
But at any rate, no, I'm not going to be cheated. Um, I'm not going to reveal it at this point. I, I do have something. Uh, I'll say that much. But uh, I, I don't want to let the, uh, the proverbial cat or its paw out of the bag <laughs> at this point. So um, it'll be something. It's not. It's going to be a Trek mashup uh, between Trek and uh, something real world. Interesting. Well, I'm excited to see what you come up with. Hmm, maybe you won't even know it's me. Oh God, no! That's awkward. <laughs> I, I kind of—that's the only cosplay I don't like. Was like when you don't know who it is. Although half the time you figure out who it is. <laughs> so, all right, thanks for putting me on the spot there, Heather. So uh, you're welcome. That's my job. All right, so this has been a fantastic episode. We're running up against the two-hour mark here. So yeah. Um, I think it's time to put a lid on it and uh, let's go around the horn and let's tell people who are listening where they can find out more about you. So, Adam, where can people find you on social media? Find me on Twitter, uh, DR0SIN, kicking around the unofficial group, of course, 50 by 50th. Find me on that hashtag STLV bot, living that bot life. <laughs> nice. Speaking of the unofficial group, Heather, why don't you tell everybody out there? Uh, yeah, so I'm co-administrator of the unofficial Star Trek Las Vegas convention group on Facebook. My name is Heather Barker, so you can just find me on Facebook and find me in the group. And then on Twitter, I'm Sketching Venus. Instagram, too. I'm on there. I'm around. You'll find me. Right. Saving the best for last. Brooke, it has been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you for coming. I've thoroughly enjoyed being here. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, um, so I'm on Facebook, Brookie.Wilkins. There's a story behind that. And uh, on Twitter, it's Tanaquil1558. That's T-A-N-A-Q-U-I-L-L-1558. And there's a story behind that, too. <laughs> uh, and that's also I'm also on Instagram with that one, too. Very, very cool. Thank you very much. And, of course, you can find out more about Sure leave at the tricordertransmissions.com. We are TTT underscore pod on Twitter. And on Facebook, we are the Tricorder Transmissions. And also, if anybody out there who is a Shore Leave fan at once and is going to the con who would like to get a special commemorative t-shirt for Shore Leave, we actually do have some merchandise available on a site called redbubble.com. It's all one word, redbubble. Just search for Tricorder Transmissions and you'll find them there. So there's a shirt there for us at the convention, a Shore Leave shirt, and it is going to be a limited edition. So we're only going to be having it up through the convention and maybe a week or so after and then we'll be taking it down so if you want to get it get it now and it is actually a zero profit item for us so we're not making any money on it it's as cheap as we can possibly make it for you so please if you uh, want to support the show and and show us your love at the convention please pick one up and wear it we'd love to see you in it so uh anything else from you heather before we sign off I guess I'll just throw out, we haven't really announced it, but there is a Twitter account. It's at STLV50, mm -hmm. and that is us. It kind of came about because of the shirts. <laughs> <laughs> it did. I just happened to hop on Twitter, and the, the at STLV50 was available. So it is now ours. And uh, we are going to be working on utilizing that leading up to the convention and then tweeting with that from the convention um, so if, if you've gotten a random follow, that's us. Um, if you have it, then please come follow us and I'll follow you back. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we may, we may be attempting to do some periscoping from the convention with that mm -hmm. Twitter handle as well. So, um, if you want to be on 
a quick video with us. You can find us at the convention. And of course, we'll be doing a lot of recording on the show floor and uh, tweeting out some of that stuff as well. So um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And thanks to our wonderful guests for being here. And we will see you again very, very soon with another episode of Shorty. Hi there. Thanks again for listening. If you're cruising the galaxy looking for even more Trek talk, why not visit our good friends Bill and Dan over at TrekGeeks.com? They've got a great podcast that covers a wide range of Star Trek topics, so you're sure to find something you'll love. And if you're in the mood for some awesome tunes, then you really need to head over to 5yearmission.net. The guys are writing a song for every episode of the original series, and each one is absolutely brilliant. So that's TrekGeeks.com and 5yearmission.net. Check them out today.